This morning's scripture is Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your inequity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he always keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our inequities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgression from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it. And it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to God, to children's children. To those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his work, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Are you blessed? Are we all blessed? What is blessing? What is blessing for Christians? What is blessing for you? What does it really mean to be blessed? It is passive tense. So we have to be blessed. And we believe God blessed us. I mean, when things go well, and you are healthy and rich, What if things go wrong? I mean, terribly wrong. In every aspect, if God let us be afflicted, are we still blessed? And what about how do we bless the Lord? How we bless God as just mere human beings? How can we bless God? In today's, in today's psalm, King David defines the blessing. He prays, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. What is like blessing the Lord? I mean, except we just praise God, we honor God, 
But what, how really God being blessed by us? Hebrew word for bless is kneel down. It is kneel, kneel down. When do you kneel down? I doubt it's not your culture. Kneel down. It means, it means submission, obedience. You can't, do any, you can't walk anymore. You can't stand anymore. And we have to kneel down. But before God, we kneel down because we respect Him. We worship Him. We surrender all things. That's blessing the Lord, Barak, in Hebrew. So, blessing is the attitude of worship. The worship for Hebrew also meaning bow down. So as we acknowledge we are finite, we acknowledge God is infinite. That's worship. That's blessing. But even God blessed us. God blessed us by Christ Jesus being obedient to the point of death. That's how God blessed us. God was obedient for our faith. For us. And David said, The Lord blessed the Lord with his soul, all that is within him. Because ancient Israelites believed where their intelligence, their emotions, and their will are in their heart and kidney and intestines. So that's why he said, my soul, all my soul in, within me. It is not just your reason or your knowledge. It is all things. All things. Your emotions and your intelligence and everything. We are in worship now. Do you worship with your intelligence, emotions, and your will? Or just one of them? Oh, maybe this is Sunday, so I'm supposed to go to church. I told you, sanctuary is holy. Not because the sanctuary is holy, but because God is holy. God is here and holy. So your living room, your bedroom, your office, you recognize holy God there, that's a sanctuary. Same thing, we can worship there, we can bless the Lord wherever we are. If we acknowledge the Lord there. And worship is, Worship is sacrifice. 
like ancient Israelites bring their animals and kill them and burn them. Today's worship is also sacrifice. We don't have to bring animals. You don't have to bring animals. I'm not going to kill those animals in here. We don't have to because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice once for all. But we're still supposed to bring all our thinking and feeling and our emotions and will, our plans, our joy and pain, our success and our failure, despair and everything, everything, and we entrust them to the Lord. The worship is burning all our intelligence, emotions, and our decisions before the Lord. That's worship. So the main purpose of worship is we're supposed to bring all things within us to church or wherever you worship in your weekdays and give it to him. Surrender to him. And leave it there. And going back to your work. Going back to your life. But it is so sad. Many people are not dropping up. They just keep holding all their things within them. Their struggle, their burdens, their concerns, their fears, and their uncertainty. And just come to church and God help me with my burdens. And then after the service, and they take them back. Why? Because they don't trust the Lord. They don't trust the Lord. We're supposed to entrust everything to, to the Lord. But when we go back to our battle, our weekday, for our health, for our finance, for our relationship, everything the battle, with all the burdens, it is so hard to fight and win the battle. So Jesus said the same thing. Take off your yoke. And take mine. It's easy and light. That's trust in the Lord. But many people, I confess myself too, I just keep holding this, my plan, my decision, my ego, and trying to fight with my battle. The one who entrusts all things will have the benefits of the Lord. David praises, bless the, all, bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So verse 3 and 5 are the personal benefits of blessing the Lord. This is the reason we worship. The Lord forgives all our iniquities and heals all our diseases. Really? Really? Any 
want to sin no more? Anyone sick no more? No. How does God forgive us? How does God heal us? And God forgive us by acceptance of the nevertheless. Nevertheless, we are nevertheless, right? No matter how much God loves us, we are nevertheless. We're still sinning. We're still disappointing God. We are the nevertheless. But God just accepts us. Not because we are better people than the people out there. We're perfect, flawless people. No, no, nobody. So just salvation is experience of being accepted. Without question, that's how God heals us, forgive us. And how God heals us. Hmm? Then you don't have to go to your doctor anymore. Right? You don't need you don't need health insurance then. No. We all need health insurance. What does it mean by God heals us? Ancient people think that sickness coming from unbalanced life. Of course. Human being has a constancy. The body, we are created, the body, try to maintain the constancy. The body temperature, the nutrition, the calorie we receive, everything. Maintain the constancy, equal, balanced. But many, many people, more people today, they breaking the rule, the balancing. We eat too much, or we sleep too much, or sleep too less. So, when God heals us, and we praising the Lord, God, you healed me, you healed me, that means I'm going to live, balance my life. It's not just a theological just comfort, encouragement. It is technical. It is practical. Christians are supposed to live a balanced life using their resources, eating, sleeping, work, rest. Everything has to be balanced according to the creative principle how God designed us in the creation. That principle. And it says, God redeems our life from the pit. Pit means being slavery. So of course, God redeemed us from slavery to sin. How? By Jesus Christ, paying the price of our slavery, the death, by the death of Jesus Christ. And God crowned us with the steadfast love and mercy. I, it is so sad. Many churches still talking about doctrines, the justice and righteousness of God more than love, 
the life in itself. Before we reach out to people with our doctrine of uh, justice and righteousness, you should do that, you should do that, you should not do that. We should approach them the steadfast love of God. Because we are the same, without the steadfast love of God, we are not redeemed. No one deserves forgiveness. So remember, steadfast love and mercy of God is always greater than the justice and righteousness of God. And our church must talk, you must, we must talk mercy and love more than what is right and wrong. Jesus did that. Jesus talked about love and mercy always. In verse 6 through 7, David praises the communal benefits now. The benefits for the community, nation, and the world. Because we are, if we are forgiven without price, if God restored us individually, then God desires to forgive and restore our community and the world. It is our mission. As you and I being saved, redeemed, automatically you are appointed as to the mission, saving people. And David praises, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. David, King David, reminds Israelites the exodus, the origin of their nation, the birth of their nation, by God's preferred interest for the oppressed, the weak and poor, more specifically, specifically the Hebrews, which means across the river to work in Egypt. Because God's eyes always on those lowest people in our societies. God delivered them. What about us? We're church today. We are called, Jesus called us out of slavery to sin eternally, even without demanding law. So now what? We must have the same mission statement. Preferred interest for the poor and needy. The brokenhearted. Right? Am I? Are you? Are we beneficial to people of Ephrata and the world? Are we forgiving, healing, redeeming, crowning people of our community? And people we encounter, and are they satisfied being good? It's all about let them know they are good, top, excellent. Are we make your people around you feel, oh, I'm excellent? 
because of Sam, because of John, because of Ruth. And are they feel I am excellent? Do you, I hope you feel you are excellent, good because of me? Are we? But we know it is not easy. Israel failed. Many churches still failing because the nature of ourselves. David confesses, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like rust. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. So it is truth, it is reality, right? Being forgotten. We will be forgotten. We have to realize we are not the main agent of our life, but God is. God is the main agent of your life and my life. Which is, we will be forgotten by the finite world. But, we will be remembered by the Lord, the infinite. Without being forgotten, we cannot forgive and bless others, bless the people, especially those against us. Without being forgiven, we cannot give and share ours with the poor and needy. I mean, it took the life of Jesus, everything Jesus had to change you, to forgive you and me. It takes the same thing for us. For the people, changing people, transform our community. I mean, if you go to a restaurant and you eat good food there, but your tip for the waitress not going to change the whole, whole entire life of the waitress, right? It's the same thing. To change the world, we have to give everything. Us? No. Jesus Christ. We have to represent Jesus. So people say, wow. I mean, Jesus is living. Jesus is alive because DJ. Because of you, people must confess God is real. Because of you. But unless we've been forgotten, our finite being, we will not be remembered by the Lord. But people strive not to be forgotten by being obsessed with the, their possession, achievement, and some people even building the statue of themselves. Right? Forget all that. All is vanity. All is vanity. Being forgotten. 
Are you ready to being forgotten? David knew how to be forgotten. David praises, but the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. God-fearing people surrender their sovereignty and trust God because God's providence. We say that. We say we trust God. We trust His providence, His plan. But when things go wrong, well, God, give me a stop here. I have my plan here. I wanted to marry this person. I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be, I want to live this place. I, want, I wanted to work for that company. Right? But you are not making it happen. That is not trusting God's providence. We just surrender everything. When we surrender all things, our sovereignty and providence to the Lord, that and God being our God, that's covenant, that's promise, which is the steadfast love of God, the love of God and mercy. Because we live God-centered life, gazing, treating others with God's eye, God's perspectives, especially the oppressed, the poor and needy. But how do we gaze the world today? How do we treat others today? And today's world, world is so sinful and so evil. Nothing but we just criticize them, right? Is there any hope there? Is there any chance of the world to change? Mm -mm. But God wants us to see them and treat them as God beloved. Because they are beloved. Because Jesus died for everyone, not only us, but every human being, every living being. Jesus died for them. Just they don't know. They just live opposite way. But they are redeemed. They are beloved. So we have to treat them with our love and mercy. So we are here to love them, not hate them. We are here to feed them, listen to them, and forgive them. First church of our brother. We are blessed. Right? We are blessed because God blessed us to be blessing. We receive all these benefits. Then we're supposed to be the blessing for other people who do not know they are blessed. Let's be blessing. To the people this week, 
Just be kind to them. Be nice to them. You know how many people on our prayer list? You may not know them, but you may know them. You can send them a call. You can make a phone call. Barbara, how are you doing? John, how are you doing? And you can also do to your loved ones, your children. Somebody struggling in your family or in your workplace among your friends, encourage them. Just let it be needed by others and be the gift for others. Become the benefit for the people of Aprada. Unless we live out this blessing we received, there's no way to prove there is God. I know you're doing well. I know you're doing well. But just keep doing. Because remember, God created the world without us, but God wants us to participate, ruling over it. Amen. God invites us to rule over the creation, the people, and the nature, and everything. So we must participate, ruling over His creation. So, like David praises the Lord, the Lord has established His throne in the heavens, and His kingdom rules over. And Jesus came to bring His kingdom down here on earth, and His will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So, we are church bring His kingdom down here and now. Our faith is here and now. Wherever you and I obedient and being ruled by God, the covenant, the steadfast love and mercy of God, then we are making the place, the kingdom of God. Because people will see, will see you. Oh, even this miserable company or classroom even this family is so sinful. People among these people, look at DJ. Look at Craig. Look at Ron. Look at Donna. They are being ruled by God. They will know, oh, this is the kingdom of God. Not just kingdom of God, one day you and I die and just be there. We bring kingdom down here. And the people, the people in the world, they will pray, bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Here and now, his dominion. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Amen.